Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom, so we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Where there's a team, there's a way. Learn more at Microsoft.com Teams. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here. This is episode 180, and I am blessed to have a guest co-host tonight. This young lady, man, she's an actress, she's a gamer, she is... I mean, she's just an amazing, overall, wonderful person. It is the one and only Cher. How you doing, Cher? I'm doing well. Thank you. Kind words, sir. Kind words. I, I mean, I already did let you know that I'm more than willing to come on back. You do not have to butter me up so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm so... I'm so glad that you are here. And um, also joining us, this young lady. I mean, I can say so much about her. She is a mother. She is a wife. Sorry, guys, she's a wife. <laughs> she is um, an activist. She is a podcaster. She is a terrific artist as well and it's just an all-around wonderful human being uh it is the one and only rashim how you doing uh fine great fantastic that was very kind of you all of those nice words yes and it's interesting today because we start off with a little of an announcement um and i see shannon is in the uh the chat room and uh, unfortunately, Shannon won't be on the show. So, uh, and it's we didn't fall out or anything like that. That people always assume is something like that. Actually, the host before Shannon was Rasheem. <laughs> so she actually inherited uh, the job. Uh, and Cher is nice enough for the next, uh, well, at least for today, uh, to um, sit in for Shannon. Um, I do have another co-host. Uh, actually, she's from the, the Blab days. It's uh, Mosaic. She's going to uh, be the co-host on the show. And we actually are going to move the show to Wednesday nights um, at 6 p.m. Back to 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, uh, starting March 24th. So that should be a really good show. So we're still going to have the next uh, next week. We're going to have Cedric and, and uh, Angie on. And then um, we're doing... Um, Dang, I forgot what the topic is. 
It's a good topic. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, oh, about um, about um, uh, about uh, making amends in relationships. And then um, our first episode on our new date, our new day and time, we're going to be talking about um, uh, how can you can you be single for too long is the topic. So uh, some of us, we uh, we've been single for so long when we actually get in a relationship, we don't even know how to act <laughs> once we are in one. So, uh, you know, so. uh that that's going to be that topic. Uh, I'll have more information about that, but that is in the future. Uh, stop recycling these sisters. Hilarious. Uh, uh, but, um, I want to, that's what, uh, uh, brother, uh, uh, Andre says in our chat room, but, um, okay. So, uh, our guest Rasheem, she, has a wonderful show called The Counter Narrative. And I kind of want to start off there. Talk about the genesis of your program, what you can expect when you when you check it out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so when I say this, um, I, I want to say that this is not a um, placating to the host. Um, I literally would not have The Counter Narrative show uh, had I not had uh, And here's why I say that. Um, one, because <clears throat> several years ago, I think it was like 2014, 2013, uh, when I first met Kente around that time. And we met virtually online through a, through a, a platform. And uh, at that time, uh, Kente was very well versed with the platform um, and also with other platforms and just knowing how to navigate it. And not only uh, was he particularly, hi, Maya. Um, not only was he uh, well versed, he was so willing to share, right? Um, and I'm saying he like you're not right there. <laughs> you, were so willing, uh, you were so willing to share uh, information and stuff like that, and also encouraging. So um, from there, I started doing a show with uh, a woman that I met by the name of Stephanie. She also goes by So So Steph, and we did a show uh, called. I forgot hers, mine, and yours, or whatever. We did that for a little bit. Um, then we stopped doing the show together. Blab was the platform. It kind of like evaporated. Uh, tried to go to a different platform. I think it was called Fox something. Fire. It was something with the Fox or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I just kept testing out different platforms. So then I tried Google Hangouts for a little for a little bit. Um, then figure out then you know um that was working for me for for a bit um i stopped to get my uh, doctorate degree degree for a while because it was just like very time consuming to do that in a show and um thank you share i appreciate that and um then coming back to it during the pandemic and so much of the groundwork had already been laid so that's just like some of the the origin story like if, if the show was a, um, a marvel character non-sexy origin story, origin story <laughs> nonetheless um and the concept and ideas behind having a space for uh having something called the counter narrative show um and hence the name too is it was a, it, the thing is to focus on providing a, a narrative that is not typically provided in the mainstream conversations um, the show is unapologetically black. We hit on a lot of different topics, but it's very much focused on black people's lived experiences. So 
And I really feel like it is important for uh, people to have a space to discuss and talk about things that are relevant to their culture, to their lived experiences, um, that exist beyond uh, the white gaze. You know what I mean? Like where we can have like a, a just a conversation and talk about a variety of topics. Uh, so that's a little bit of the, the genesis and a little bit, um, a very uh, little bit of an overview. Mm. So, like, give me some ideas of uh, show topics that uh, might tickle our fancy. Yeah. So, um, that are outside of the mainstream. Anything that's outside of, or largely things that are outside of the mainstream. So, um, I, I just did a show uh, called Black and Polyamorous. Uh, <laughs> right, because that's not part of the mainstream. I think, and I think it was very important to put black in there because even when I shared uh, with someone that I was doing a show called Black, uh, episode called Black and Polyamorous, they were like, "Why did you do that?" So that was a show, um, Black Single Fathers, because we hear about uh, single mothers quite a bit, but we don't, we actually don't hear anything about uh, black men who are not only taking care care of their their children, but they are the sole person person or primary provider uh, having. Uh, primary custody of their children so those are some topics um i'm going to be discussing the lack of diversity in the cannabis industry coming up um another topic that's coming up in addition to the lack of diversity in the cannabis industry is i'm gonna have one uh episode called real black where i'm just going to be talking about black people and talking about and to black people in film so those are some some of the uh types of topics that you might find um, on the counter narrative show, which airs live uh, the last Saturday of each month at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook Live. All right. All right. And I, I gotta give you a lot of credit because you really do jump into topics that you don't always see because, you know, a lot of people online, they kind of do the same thing, basically. And um, you really do take uh, you take chances in what you talk about. And one thing I notice about you is you don't always necessarily um, you allow people to to uh, express what they feel about it. You don't necessarily you're not like judgy. You don't come off as judgy or anything like that is something that I always appreciate about what you do. Um, So have you ever had a show where you felt like like you felt really good about the impact you may have had on your audience in a way that you may not have thought you would have going into it. Mm. I, I, there is a show like, so when, right after you said that one of the first ones that came to my mind was um, uh, connected to, to urban farming. Um, and the reason why that one struck me, I feel like not necessarily, not specifically necessarily for the topic of urban farming, you have all these black farmers that people don't know that we have a lot of black farmers and that there's a thing called urban farming and they're out here giving giving away food uh, fresh fruits and vegetables i really felt with that show there were so many people who did not know of their uh, uh that 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 such a thing exists didn't know how to get access to those resources um, and people followed up and wanted to know more about the list and, and where's the, and it, and it was like three or four places in Baltimore alone where people were like, we give out free, 
fresh fruits and vegetables every Friday. We do this every Tuesday. Like between all of them, like you could really eat. And so, you know, you could really uh, make sure that you're consistently getting food. I, I feel like two things. One, I was glad to be part of anything that was amplifying them. Um, and two, it really was affirming and reassuring to me because I think one of the narratives that we're largely told is about nobody doing nothing for nobody. Nobody's out here doing the work. And, you know, there's all of these, there's sometimes new initiatives or new things that come up and we praise those things like they're, like no one was ever doing it before this person stepped on the scene. I spoke with a woman, I think she was in her 60s and she's been giving fresh, she's been farming it's not only does she farm and she uh, harvests all of her food in the city, she teach classes because she said a lot of times uh, women will come to her and they'll get the free food, but they don't know how to cook it. So she's also teaching them that, like just knowing that something like that exists, I, I felt affirmed in amplifying and I felt just a, a renewed faith of people, um, specifically black people. No, that's cool. Though. That's real cool. When you can have when you have that opportunity to do that, that that's really cool. And that's something I wouldn't have probably thought would have you know, going into it. But then now you think about it, yeah, yeah. And you're based in the Baltimore area. Um, mm-hmm. If I may, mm-hmm. there is a um, and just let me say, everything that you said has just like touched upon different parts you had like actively stimulated my brain as i'm sitting here i'm like oh okay yes 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 um there is a gentleman by the name of ron finley who it's from my understanding he's over there in la he has been coined the gangster gardener oh yes urban farming for quite some time and the fact that food deserts exists so badly in LA and other major cities. I am privy to the same situation here in Jacksonville, Florida, where I am. And so um, I, I'm on Masterclass now, and I, I've been little by little like absorbing his knowledge. Um, and I have other friends here in town that uh, they are saying, like, they'll have um, just they'll give away like their extra citrus. They'll have citrus trees that are, you know, overabundant. So they'll start going ahead and just setting up a day to give away to their neighbors, such like that. And what strikes me about this topic of food deserts and a lot of the other topics that you just mentioned in the past few minutes is where we all get our knowledge from about these things. I mean, any person that has cable TV can go on their food network and feel like a genius because they're going to get a nice little tutorial right there of how to uh, come up with a, 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 a bourgeois or a, uh, you know, a fancy French meal or a, you know, a 10 minute way if you're a mom to cook up something, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Get that on regular channel TV too quick. And when you can hardly afford internet access, mm. never mind cable TV access, um, you know, unless you are in an area where your public TV access is that progressive, 
um, and likes to, you know, keep the community stimulated with certain things like that, homemaking, um, you know, cooking, gardening, stuff like that. Unless you can pay for it, you really can't get access to that. If you try looking online, there's an inundation of information and you never know really what to, you know, what's good, what's bad. And on top of it, well, I mean, those that are working two or three jobs, I mean, what time do you really have to sit down and start learning, you know, how to eat healthier? You just, you order food, you get it delivered, and then you bomb out to sleep. <laughs> you know, you got, you got four hours before you got to be up to your next job. Uh, so I, I say all that to say, the way the media comes across on certain things, it almost, if, an, if another race of beings from another planet came here, you would think that the all of the majority of the planet were white mm-hmm. and African <laughs> and privileged. And uh, so, you know, there's that mentality that is reflected within our black communities too, I feel. I feel it's very reason because we as a people originally, we, we are a creative people. We come from origins that were um, based on oral tradition, word of mouth. Um, and it's difficult even in this so-called modern era to keep that type of tradition going. It's more like, I saw this on the internet. Oh, okay, it's a thing. You know what I mean? So um, I totally feel you on that, just that absence of, of knowledge um, that is, is it disenc- it's unencouraging uh, um, at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that people don't know more about these things. So kudos to you for, for uh, educating people. They educated me in the process, so I, I feel like I each guess is an education. I definitely try to uh, approach all of it with curiosity, and if there's a difference, curiosity and compassion from where from wherever they're coming from, because I feel like I learn more when I just go into it genuinely curious, and I and I learn a, a lot. I I have not had a single guest ever on that I did not learn something from. I learn something every single time. And it's nice because I get to invite the audience into that learning with me um, by allowing them to ask questions or engage and that sort of thing. So uh, it's kind of like a lift as you climb. Doesn't it doesn't it feel good, though? Like, I mean, it does, you know, when you do a show like that and and you get educated as well as help educate the public, it makes you feel really good about what you're doing. And it feels like there's a, a real weight to it. Because, you know, um, I don't want to call anything out, but there's so much negativity, especially in the black space, when it comes to content on, on the Internet. A lot of tearing each other down and that kind of thing. And so it's always good when you can be positive in a way that's not destructive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, you know, like there's always... Well, there's always a need for more of that, you know, and I always feel like sometimes when you're not an extremist on one end or the other, you get kind of penalized by because people like to see a car crash. So, you know, but I mean, my thing is you just do what you do 
and try to do the best work you can. And, and the people that will dig it will. And the people that won't, they won't. It's just what it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely, I think that learning process is such a big thing uh, for me. Um, uh, as you can see here on IG, uh, I'm a black academic woman. Because uh, I believe in education. I believe in learning in a multitude of facets. And some of the biggest compliments that I've gotten around the show have been um, people telling me I have the ability to take very complex topics and make them accessible to more people. And I feel like that's the kind of academic that I want to be. I'm still doing some stuff where I am writing and being published in scholarly articles, but I also know that the people that I'm writing about probably won't get a chance to read those articles. One, because they're behind a, a wall if you have to pay this amount to get access to it or be connected with a university. Um, so I, I like having an opportunity to go beyond the classroom, go beyond college, go beyond somebody have to go pay someone tuition. Uh, to get knowledge that should be free and accessible to all of us. Mm -hmm. so, I really and I was yesterday. I was yesterday old when, um, uh, in speaking with certain alumni friends of mine um, from my college days, um, and in keeping in touch with uh, former instructors, how how um, there's a term for it that escapes me right now. It's it, it's so uh, not confidential, proprietary. There it is. The material that you come up with, even if you're the creator of the curriculum, when you sign up for tenure with certain colleges, they will have a lot on that content. And so what you want to really share it out mm -hmm. and the, the proprietary measures that they put in place restrict you mm -hmm. um, and I was I was very very new to that concept mm -hmm. um, so yeah it's it's an eye-opener it sure is it's absolutely a thing and I feel like it's a I, I won't go too far down this road but it's one of the as aspects of uh, structural racism um, ho holding who who gets access to knowledge who uh, it's a it's very Eurocentric validation machine that says these people could know that these people can't, and not only that, that even says what you say is not valid unless you put it in our language or if you put it in this particular way. Um, yeah, so I'm not I won't go too far into it, but um, it's definitely a structural uh, uh, aspect of structural racism in the academy. Next time on Kente's next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love you know me. I love it. I'm always up for that. Okay. So, okay. I'm always up for that. So you know, I, I'm right there with you. And uh, you know, if somebody don't want to hear the truth, oh well. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, I remember my my father when he was alive. They he was always known for telling the truth, and my dad. They said, you know, you always tell the truth about, you know, racism and all of that kind of stuff. And he said, if you can't tell the truth at 80 years old, when the fuck will you? <laughs> you know? I mean, that's uh, for real. Yeah. So I, I definitely am in, in agreement with what you're talking about. So, um, so we're going to circle back to your show, but I want to talk a little bit about yourself. Um, 
you are an artist and um you know last time i saw your work i guess it's been a while since i've seen your work uh your favorite oh stephanie's hey stephanie um your former co-host uh, uh your favorite subject was uh a model by the name of rasheen <laughs> Is that still your favorite subject? <laughs> no. Oh, okay, so you branched out beyond yeah. Rasheen. Yeah. 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 I think some of it too is like who, who's, particularly if you do figurative painting, mm-hmm. whose body do you have access to? Mm. Because I paint from pictures uh, or images, and they're uh, pictures or images of real people, but um, bodies are not as readily uh, accessible. Really? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they've gotten to be. So let me let me let me rephrase that. Okay. Were they probably were just as accessible then as they were as they are now? However, I did not know how to engage that conversation without feeling awkward about asking a person for that. Now I'm a little bit more. One, I'm people know that I that I paint, so them knowing is helpful. So it's not like I'm like being a predator or creepy like sending some nudes or no, <laughs> like the, the, this is what you do you say Stephanie I need you to get naked so I can paint you <laughs> right and Stephanie would be like what now <laughs> so this is g-string that we need you to wear and <laughs> right, there you go well nobody wants to see that <laughs> you don't know that you don't know I look at them kind of strange <laughs> But no, your your work is is beautiful, and I haven't seen anything you've done um, lately. So, um, how have you evolved as an artist? Would you say? Um, I'm getting a lot better at rendering, making it more, making it look more realistic. Is what I mean. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 getting better at that. I'm getting more comfortable with um, the stories that I want to tell. Uh, that's been helpful. I will say I haven't done anything since early pandemic, but I am playing with more. I really like exaggerated facial expressions. So I'll show one. This oh, thank you. <laughs> this is one that I did that my daughter loves. Um, oh, beautiful. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, this nice. This is a, actually a, a local artist uh, by the name of Timmy. He just dry fish. Um, and he's so expressive. He he's so expressive. He's so um, it's almost he takes on a persona when he like performs and stuff like that. And I really like that energy. Um, and I I yeah. So those are some of my motivating factors around it. And once my schedule clears up a little bit, I'll probably start revving up my painting. Wonderful. Okay. Do you uh, have you shown in any galleries locally? Yeah, um, right before the, the apocalypse, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I showed, thank you, computer, um, yeah, I showed somewhere right before, thank you so much, Renee, I appreciate that, I like your drawing too, looks like it has words in the hair, mm-hmm. she's a DMV person as well, so, Marilyn, um, so, um, and your husband's also an artist as well. 
Derek is. Derek is uh, way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Derek is way better than me. Oh, okay. So what's, what's that like? I'm, uh, I'm interested in your, your medium. Um, if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Is, it, is it oils, acrylics, squash? Um, yeah, squash, right. Is that a medium? <laughs> it could be. Are, are anything goes for real. Um, it is pan pastel. Um, it looks like it looks a bit like it's makeup. I'll show you. Oh, nice. Oh. I love your backdrop, uh, Cher. Oh well, I mean, would you expect any less? Yeah, like mine is all <laughs> all over the place. Oh gosh, no, that's the lab. I, you know. I, I feel I feel like I'm right in the middle of the workshop there, right with you. I'm like y'all y'all don't need to see that mess. Mm-mm. No, this is this is my I think, fail. I think they're downstairs in the basement, so I don't have it readily accessible to show you, unfortunately. But um, it's basically like a pigment. It's dry pigment. So which is why it looks like makeup. Kind of goes on like makeup too. You like. Uh, use brushes and and sponges and that sort of thing to kind of like move that around. Gotcha. Yeah, fascinating. Being um, being that you and your uh, husband are talented artists, has any of that filtered to your your baby girl? Uh, my daughter is very much an artist mm-hmm. uh, in multitude of ways. She's a fantastic writer. Oh, nice. Um, she's also a dancer. So oh, wow. Um, and she does do some really nice artwork too. Oh, that's How old is she? She's 13. 13 are Wow. She was like a baby. Wow. I know you're proud of her. Proud of your girl. That's awesome. Um, what's it what's it like in um in Baltimore as far as the art scene? What's it like? Um, in Baltimore artists, I feel I I mean, I guess it depends on which artist you hear from, but in terms of other places that I've been, this is the most accommodating place for artists. I know more artists here that live their art full time than I do in any other place. Mm-hmm. Like, for a person to be a full time painter, and that's what they do for a living, is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Full time photographer, that's not uncommon here. Um, also, it's not uncommon for artists to ex- uh, explore multiple arts. For example, a person who does photography and also does painting or a person who uh, is a, a opera singer, but also plays the violin and does dance. Um, it, it's a space that, that where, one, you could live off of your art, exhibitions are a thing. I'm, I will also say, I should probably also note that um, my circle also allows for a certain level of exposure to art, right? So in my most recent position, I was education director of an arts organization. Nice. And I'm currently the president of the Black Arts District here in Baltimore. Oh, wow. So I also have connections, you know, so I also get to see art and I regularly go to art exhibitions. But the, the art scene here is alive, it's thriving. Artists, um, yeah, I think it's a good place for artists. Nice. Well, I've, I've always uh, loved Baltimore. I think I've told you that. So it's one of my uh, one of my favorite places. So. That's oh. cool. Yeah, it's a nice vibe there. Let me know the next time you're in town. I, I will. You. I have family there, so yeah, I will. What, what part of Baltimore? 
Um, Mayor Phil's point. Yeah. Where did those folks? Yeah, in uh, Morgan State, you know. So. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Seriously, let me know when you're in town. Okay, oh, for sure. I'm not going to yeah. come to town and not tell you. <laughs> I will definitely tell you. I won't so. let you live it down. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say again while we're on film. Um, how many people may not notice? I met uh, Kente in like 2014, somewhere around that time period, and we've never actually met in person. All right. of our interaction has been um, through the interwebs, and it does not feel like that when I talk to you. It does not feel like you don't feel like a stranger to me. Oh, oh, and same thing with Cher. I've known, I've known Cher for a long time too, and we haven't yet met in person. But um, she's correct. I keep threatening him though when I come out there to LA. <laughs> so, come on down. I'm like, friend, if you're offering to buy me a drink next time in town, I shall take you up on that. Listen, <laughs> look, I'm telling anybody out there who I have constant, you know, we talk and all of that. You come out to L.A., make sure that I see you. So I am the mayor, the unofficial mayor of Los Angeles. So I will right, definitely. Yeah. I've already, there's been people I've met out here. So, so but, um, yeah, I love it. Okay, so um, one thing I, I definitely got, I want to talk to you about is um, this is a show that we primarily talk about relationships, though, right? Now you've been married for quite a while, so you've been out the out the game for a while. So, but you do remember that time, right? It's not like it was that long ago, right? I can tell you. Okay, here's what I can say. When it comes to dating, I would not have a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. My relationships primarily evolve from friendships. So by the time we get to a date, it's not a, it's not, you know how dates are like, we're getting to know each other, it's the introductory, that sort of thing. You know, by the time it gets to a point where we're dating, I, you know, I know your middle name. I probably know a password to something that you use. <laughs> That's interesting. So you're saying you friend zone, you used to friend zone guys, and then you would pluck them out of the friend zone? See, what is it? What is zone? Why does it have to be? Isn't everybody a friend until whatever? Everybody, isn't that the starting point? What? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But that is the ideal starting point. I mean, yeah, it sounds great, you know. But I don't. I'm trying to think. Very rarely have I been a girl's friend. Then it transitioned into something else. It's usually That's the only way. Really? That I've been my entire life. That is interesting because usually when she makes you her friend, it ain't going nowhere else. <laughs> you know what? I think, and I don't even know if this is, um, it hasn't been, it hasn't been, I haven't been as conscious of it or it has been as by design and mm -hmm. all that. So much as, as I've gotten older and people have asked me questions about dating, I have to, like, I'm, I'm, try, I'm telling them, like, I have no frame of reference. Mm. Um for that there are times where i do wish that i did like outside of that just like to getting a, per a person but i think also and i don't want to say issues because i don't want to pa uh, pathologize myself mm -hmm. with this but i trust is a big thing for me mm -hmm. so and i think that me and my friend is just a way of getting to that point like of me trusting mm -hmm. because 
I'm not gonna put myself in intimate situations with you until after I have trust have built trust and that's such a big thing for me and it typically does not happen outside of uh, friendship wow that's interesting wow you know that's it's interesting though because most people like I said most people most situations I hear with women is once they decided you're a friend that's where it ends so I mean, like I said, there's been a couple of situations where we were friends and it happened, but that's very rare. I mean, it's, I would say it's like under 5%. (laughs) So, uh, it's usually I'm on the, I'm on the prowl and, uh, you know, like that. So that, but that, you know what though? Hey, it worked for you. So, you know, maybe that's a good way to, um, to do it. Um, so when you were finally off the market and you had to make that press conference <laughs> to say that you were no longer taking applications, were there a lot of, I know there was a lot of broken hearts <laughs> out there. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there was, if they were, they, they probably didn't share it with me. They probably, you know, just kept it to themselves that there were people who uh, did not, um, you know, did not like that. <laughs> they're they're I still in their they're drinking in their beers, Come, like man, I, I was a contender. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I I mean, it's funny. I've had the the opposite happen where um, when it looks like I've uh, started to be in a serious one on one relationship, that's when all the exes come out of the woodwork. Like, oh, hey, girl. How you been? It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't called you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's almost like a radar that has happened. Um, and it's happened more than once. So I can only speak from my own experience. But it's just is weird um, how that has happened. Um, but, you know, trust is just, it, it, I agree with you. Trust is like the foundation. I mean, this is a person that you're thinking of being with until you're not on this earth anymore. (laughs) Okay? I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need a ride or die, okay? To know that, you know, I could just have that person. I I call it not just a person to grow old with, but a person to grow into a better person with. Mm. You know? When you when you can feel that vibe with someone, that's that's when you know what's up. Mm-hmm. I I remember. I can't remember what the year it was, but it was probably maybe 2019, 2018. I, and I was really following um, Rashim. Now Rashim has like eight different uh, Instagrams, but uh, <laughs> but the main one I think was the Rashim Rashim one. And uh, I swear. Like every, it was like every day she was doing something incredible. Like, I, like one day she was like skydiving. The next minute she's like with the, the president or something. Like, I mean, like, you know, it was just like. Oh, woman, you've been skydiving too. And, yes. Yeah. It's like. It's beautiful, You know, remember the most interesting man in the world, the uh, Dos Equis? She was like the most interesting woman in the world. Like her Instagram. I mean, it wasn't like, you know how some people be pretending like. They live in this great life, but if I swear, Rasheen's 
was like for legit for real like i was like after after like maybe like eight posts i was like i had to contact you like okay like i want to live vicariously through you rasheen <laughs> like you know yeah i feel like i, I post a lot less now right um, um, i post a lot less it's also spread out like you said i'm on my eight instagrams <laughs> uh, uh, i definitely ended up setting up one for my art because i think when i met you i didn't have one for my art right um and then i had one set up for like black academic for like uh i do a lot of diversity equity inclusion work that's what it's on right articles so i had that set up for that um yeah it's so interesting the ways in which uh social media could work yeah all of those things were definitely real definitely living my best life mm -hmm. uh definitely true but it I, I feel like one of those things with social media and i guess i'm feeling like i'm more aware of it because i have a 13 year old daughter mm -hmm. um I don't like I I want I want her off of it as much as humanly possible. Right. It's I just spaces like Instagram for young people, adolescents, adolescent um, young girls who are still figuring themselves out. It's just not a, a it's it's a toxic space. It's a very toxic space. It feeds insecurities and that sort of thing. Um. Sorry, went down a whole other path with that. No, but no. Yeah, thanks for commenting on how interesting my life looks. Now I'm just like super busy all the time, and well, it's boring stuff. But even then, though, I, I I wanted to ask you like, how are you able to? Do, I mean, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're an artist, you're you're you were in school, but you still were able to you know do all this amazing yeah. stuff. I think a lot of it is um, having. Um, uh, your, the work that you do also be something that you are passionate about and every and things that you do also connected to your core values because there's a lot of overlap there so for example a lot of the hijacking a lot of the uh, places where I would go sometimes would be places that work with Simi mm -hmm. and they're sending me there because I can speak on a particular topic I can speak on that particular topic because of how I am in the academic space the writing that I do in terms of in the academic space is largely around black motherhood. I can speak to that because I'm a black mother. So I think it's not as much of a stretch and there ends up being more overlap when you're able to identify what your core goals are and not your core goals, sorry, your core values. Um, and, I and then after identifying your core values, additionally, um, identify in, in, in whatever phrasing you would like to put this, um what you were here what what you were put here to do and what are some of the means i miss you too stephanie and what are some of the means through which you are going to get this work done so what are your values what is your work what are some means to get that work done because so many so many of them even if they're in different spaces so even if i am in the counter narrative show over here and I am in an art show over here, and I'm doing an academic journal over here, I could, I could still have the solitary focus and goal of elevating black women. I'm painting about, uh, about black women. I'm interviewing the women that I'm painting about being black women. I'm publishing the article on it. I get the article published, then my employer says, hey, you got this good work out here. We wanna see you out here to do this work. So I think it's just identifying my values 
um, identifying what's my work to do and all of the means that are here to me to, to do it. So when it's interconnected like that, it, it, it builds on each other and it flows in a way that does not pull apart. All right. Well, very well said. Now, um, are you, would you say you're a, a cool mom or, or a real strict mom? Uh, my kid would not say I'm a cool mom. <laughs> he would tell you I'm the lamest of all, <laughs> like super lame. There's even words I've, I've realized I'm not allowed to say, so I'm not allowed to say lit or litty. <laughs> um, not allowed to do any TikTok videos, which sucks, because I see these like mom, daughters. I want to do a TikTok video with my daughter. Okay, um, why did I see, uh, on the celebrity tip, why did I see uh, little Candace Cameron uh, doing the running man at one point? And I saw it as like, oh God, come on, my but she was she was in there and high heels no less. I said, okay, all right. Um, I'm like, just because you're a mommy doesn't mean you're dead. <laughs> you, you know, there's a certain uh, vivaciousness. Um, you know how they what what they always say, forty is the new twenty, something like that. I, I mean, yeah. you know, hey, I would love I, to do that stuff. I, and I would love to. <laughs> I would really love to do it and I would really love to do it with her. Um, the way that our setup is now, especially with her being 13, we do have still things that are like ritualistic that are still connected again to my to my core values. Um, so every morning uh, she's woken up with a hug and a back rub. Every night she's put in bed with a hug uh, and a back rub. Um, and then there's certain times of the day that's set aside that is just like uninterrupted, no phone, no TV. It's, it's what it, what do you want to do with this time? Um, and I think that that is helpful. Outside of that, she likes to be uh, attached to whatever electronic device that she's allowed in that moment. And I have a hard, I don't like waking up and the phone is the first thing you get. I don't like going to bed and the phone was the last thing that you looked at. So she has to turn in her uh, electronic devices by six. Mm, okay, I like that. That will not be that will not be your meditation going into your dream state. Whatever the last thing somebody posted on some social media site. <laughs> mm, I probably need someone to take mine at six. <laughs> Me too. You know what? That blue light too apparently is like not good for you your sleep pattern. Mm. No, it is not. And nowadays, um, especially uh, the Samsung phone line, I feel has been very good about updating their phone line with a blue light filter. Um, I have that blue light filter on, uh, just on all the time. And even during the day, I will decrease the, uh, the brightness on the screen because all of that is bombarding the cones in your eyes 24 mm seven. -hmm. We're already bombarded with internet watching and then on top of it, surfing after hours, especially the worst thing you could do to your eyesight is be in a dark room with then, a bright light right. your face. And that's uh, exactly how we are when we're in bed. And I know when, when there was a different regime, I used to do a lot of doom scrolling hmm. um, and like listen to political comedians that would make me laugh about something else that a thing that would probably make me cry under a different circumstance i did a lot of like uh that during that time hmm interesting um that it is funny though like uh do you find yourself as you're getting a little older i mean you're still a young woman but 
um, doing things you never thought you would do. <laughs> like, you know, like saying things, you know, the whole kind of get off my lawn type things, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> or I, I remember I said, I remember the first time I said to like probably one of my nephews, um, back in my day. And I was like, I wanted to throw up. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, I can't, oh I can't believe God. I said that. <laughs> just had my uh, my s still new niece uh, who just turned one this year uh, my sister is 12 years younger than I am mm. and I think sometime back in my early like early to uh, mid 20s she came out of her mouth one time with well back in the day I was like what? hold on what you mean yesterday like, <laughs> when I was young and they're like they're like 15. When I was young, I'm like, Negro, you young right now. Right. <laughs> I'm like, are you even old enough to have had a back-of-the-day pass yesterday? Right. Anyway. You know what's but, bad? Um, you know what's bad is when, you know when you would say something was 20 years ago, it was like when you were a kid? Now, 20 years ago, your ass was still an adult. <laughs> you know, you're like... <laughs> Right, it's like, oh man. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh man. I remember the first time I found Gray. I got out of the shower, and I'm like, man, how do I got lint in my beard? And I was like, oh shoot, that's not lint. <laughs> right. It's like, oh wait, that isn't lint. I was like, oh darn it. <laughs> so there's a bit of a melon going on and mm -mm, no i would um, unless it uh you know of course uh you know other extenuating circumstances came up i i would not be that great but uh yeah y'all y'all men get away with that well you know y'all take this facial hair off and it's like you lost 10 pounds in 20 years off your age i'm like really? <laughs> really do you do you work out do I? Yes, I work out in the morning. That used to also be something that me and my daughter did, but um, she can't hang with the big dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I work out uh, 10 minutes every morning. Okay. And I do some 10 minutes night nighttime. So I'm planning on getting a hydro soon. Nice. The, the rolling thing. Yeah, nice. Um, so I'll be adding that. Um, I'll be adding that. Yeah. Yeah, I've been boxing a, a lot, so... Yeah, that's my thing. And you were boxing too, Cher. I remember you were kickboxing, right? Correct. I remember Correct. seeing a video of that. So. And I will say that is the instant cure for insomnia because yeah. uh, when you come home after you, you work out nine to five, and then you go ahead and you do your your workout after uh, you know after work workout. Yeah. Yeah, you're really ready to fall asleep. So that's that's, a that's that's a smart idea. Uh, good on you, mommy. Uh, cause sometimes it, you just need to tie these kids out and, 
<laughs> go sit down That's, oh my yeah, I mean, you know, this year, this last year was crazy, but, um, you know, it's so funny how everybody was like, oh, I'm so glad 2020 is over as if the, cl- the, the calendar was going to change and things were just going to automatically get better. But, um, I mean, I do kind of feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, you know, I have so much stuff that I want to do going forward, you know? And things that I was going to do last year that, unfortunately, due to COVID, I couldn't do uh, a lot of public stuff. Um, and um, it's just exciting. Like, I feel this real, this uh, new lease on life when it comes to some of these things that, I, that I'm doing. And I transitioned to some other things that I wouldn't have been able to done. I probably wouldn't have done if it wasn't for COVID. So, you know, you got to look at the silver lining in that. Um so my question to you is, did you get into anything during, you know, 2020 that possibly you wouldn't have due to the uh, coronavirus? Oh, yeah. Um, I got into some different stuff and things that I was doing got leveled up significantly. Mm. Like significant. Nice. Um, so the one thing that I do appreciate it is it rejuvenated the counter narrative show, which had went hardcore dormant. Mm-hmm. Um, I also started doing more my diversity, equity, and inclusion workshops that I've been doing like forever are now like the hottest thing. It's because it's in trend to be, um, you know, Black Lives Matter ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so that like really took off. Um, counter narrative show that oh. I so I had this workshop planned, and the workshop was um, around uh, unpacking privilege. Mm, Okay. Um, And uh, an academic journal, Sage, uh, reached out to me, um, and they wanted to attend this this workshop. This was before the pandemic. They wanted to attend it to film me doing my workshop. Um, They had done. They had seen me before. They liked. They like my work. They've interviewed me and asked me about some of the research that I did on black mothers. Um, So so they're familiar with me in general. So they asked if they could come out. This is before the pandemic. They asked if they could come out in person and film me doing my workshop. Nice. Family food, set everything up. They'll pay me, all of this. All right, sure, great. Pandemic happened. I mean, at that point, I'm just like, well, you know, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, uh, maybe next time. They then they asked me if I could do a video, like a video on the topic around racism or something like that. So I was just like, okay, you want me to do like a fifteen minute video? And they were like, yeah, and we'll pay you. So I was just like, you know, asking more questions. So they sent me a mobile because they're in they're on West Coast. Mm-hmm. They sent me a mo- mobile media kit with like a little pen thing for the mic, ring light, something else to prop up stuff. All of this. And they asked me to talk on a topic for 15 minutes. Then I asked started asking more questions like what what is the things that you want me to talk on? They literally said to me, Kente, you could talk for whatever you you want you could talk about whatever you want to talk about 15 minutes at a time. And for every video that we that you send us, we will send you money. But you can talk about whatever you want. Mm. Just turn off the camera, and every fifteen minutes, 
you're getting 150 dollars nice oh yes right so that would that would have been something that 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 would not have happened in that way nice um and got me you know extra coins all of these all of these things just brought extra coins so it was just like and also to hear uh um an academic journal say you could talk about whatever you want Nice. 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 Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad they picked I mean, someone who has something to say. The timing is now. Uh, you know, civil unrest having exploded the way it has uh, in, in a way no one could have anticipated, uh, you know, in recent times. Um, you know, now these companies and these academic circles are all hyper aware now like okay if we don't have somebody black speaking on educational matters uh, or on the black experience yeah we're gonna get looked at a certain way it's not you know it's let's let's be let's be real now it's nice to think it's altruistic, but it, it has oh, everything to do right. with bottom lines and with optics. Yeah, that's, so, that's public relations. And you want to know he, how I can tell? I can tell because there's a different energetic in the acceptance of Black Lives Matter that there probably will never be for Black power. Because if you if you were really serious about it, you would be you would be supporting black autonomy, black strengthening, and black power. It it, it it's a different standpoint that I don't think if it, it, I don't think black power is a thing that will go mainstream. Black Lives Matter comes from still just comes from a a a a, a, a place of pleading with your oppressor in a way. You're saying you're saying I matter. I'm not saying it's a bad setup. I'm just saying it's easy to it's easy to get colonized and to get co-opted. Um, wow, you sound like Rashim. You sound like me. <laughs> I've been preaching that forever. The the whole point uh, going back to the point where uh, you spoke of uh, folks in the urban agricultural community that you know of that are uh, giving away food, but then you'll have folks that are like, I don't know what to do with that. Mm. That is the common refrain for a lot of different aspects of the black experience. Mm. When you talk about black businesses, I mean, I, I know out of the vast amount of people that I have come to know and that I have known for the past few decades of my life. I know a bare handful who are people of color and who have business sense. Mm. Business sense taught if from an institutional standpoint you are educated to be able to work for the man or work for somebody else for the rest of your life, then what knowledge can you have to exercise on your own behalf mm -hmm. um so yeah it all goes right back to the institutional um you know line that only allows only certain people in this society to have a certain amount of knowledge 
mm-hmm. and, and you know the wherewithal to be able to carry that knowledge through. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, before we say goodbye, I um, I'm going to be doing what, what I call rapid fire. Oh. So. I didn't even tell this to Cher yet, so she's going to be... Oh, dear. So we're going to pepper you with questions. It may not be about the work you do or anything. Just, you oh, know, uh, we're not going to get too personal. We're not that kind of show. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I start off, I'll, I'll hit you with a question. Cher, you just got to come up with something off the top of the head for oh, her. Okay. Yep. All right. So a little improv. Okay. The first question I always love to start off with is a couple of years, some several years ago, at uh, Coachella, there was a hologram concert uh, for the rapper Tupac. What dead artist or band would you like to see a hologram concert of? Prince. Prince, I love it. I've seen him twice too. All right, son, you share what you what you got for. Um. Okay. How about this one? Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No. No, oh, wow. I love pineapple. Hey. I love pineapple on pizza. Um okay. I asked this one last week. I asked this one last week. You're walking down the street and you find six hundred and sixty six dollars of cash. That's six six six. Do you take all six hundred and sixty six dollars or do you leave a dollar just so it won't be evil? <laughs> That's such a twisted question. Where, can I ask, qualify, like, where is this money found? Is it inside a building of some sort? Let's just say it's somewhere where you wouldn't have a problem taking it home. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's just take it or leave a bill. Right. Um, I'd probably leave it, honestly. Leave all of it? No, I'd leave a, I'd leave a dollar bill. I'd be like, I don't, you know, for one, I wouldn't count it right there. <laughs> but but for, for the sake of the, uh, the story... Um, yeah, I think I, I, if I'm going to do that, maybe I'll leave one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I've got one. Um, this is in reference to your daughter. Um, as she gets older, college is paramount or college is optional? College is not optional. Okay. Hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Oh, okay. Dogs or birds? As pets? Or just in general? Dogs. Yeah, I'm going to say dogs. I'm going to say dogs. If you can, if you can um, uh, spend an afternoon with someone alive or dead who's uh, famous, who would it be? Malcolm X. Me too. Yes. Me too. Something that I would uh, uh, share for the for the current generation that like I failed and learned from or something like mm-hmm. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
failed and learned that everything, everything that I'm good at, I failed at a lot. That's what I would impart. Uh, guilty pleasure junk food. Guilty pleasure. Guilty, guilty. I got to see like what I feel guilty about eating, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I think? I think um, donuts. Donuts, okay. What kind? Glazed donuts, especially if like the Krispy Kreme light is on. Yes. You know, I always say that when I get married, I was going to steal one of those uh, hot and fresh Hot and ready uh, signs. So when my when my woman is ready, you know, she just click the light, and it's time to go in the back. You know what I'm saying? It's either that or the Kmart blue light special. Oh my goodness! I tell you what, kids, for being a brother that wants to literally take the signs as they are, right? Like here's your sign. I'll be playing. I saw the sign as I'm going in the back. some stuff but I'm not I don't feel super guilty I, there are sometimes where I watch comedians mm. and um, they will say something that is egregious and offensive and it's so hilarious and I have to laugh because it's hilarious it's just funny uh, yeah. and there's an aspect of me that don't feel like they, they harbor ill will or that they're that they're hateful of these people I think they're just like making fun but it's like so disrespectful and like really wrong and really bad uh it's like say that outside say, yeah say, but say that it's outside. like really it's like really really all right that's a, uh, watching all right last question you gotta help a brother out now i've always said baltimore is my second favorite city right mm -hmm. so a young man is taking a young lady out in baltimore and he needs your advice this is the first date Mm -hmm. What is the, now, obviously this is without COVID. So, you know, let's say COVID is not around. All right. Tell him the best date to take a young lady out on in Baltimore. Time of day. Uh, we'll say evening, like seven or something. Seven. Well, that's more like nine. But yeah. Um, is there a specific food type? Uh, no. No. Okay. Let's just say she's a lot like Rasheen. <laughs> Make it easy. I would say evening. I would say take her to T-Ball potentially or Clavel, mm -hmm. especially if uh, if she likes to partake in the spirits. Mm. Um, take her to Clavel. They have really nice spirits there. Okay. And anything was anything after that? Mm, like that's the second good one. Um. And they have great, like, great tacos. Um, the second one is T-Ball. I mean, I, I, I like T-Ball for a lot of reasons. Also, I would say Ida B's. Um, I like T-Ball, one, because it's like, I love places that when they're black-owned, and they're black-owned and sedity. 
I like, you know, I like Gucci Spoon places too, but I just like, there's something about uh, black owned places that are sedated. Yeah, like they have that nice ambiance and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, a non twerking zone. <laughs> now that needs to be a sign. <laughs> I love it. Ida B's. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rasheem. You're amazing. You know, I'm not only, uh, you know, someone who enjoys your content, you know, I think the world of you, you know, you're a wonderful lady and uh, you just do great work and you're a very sweet person. You. And I'm going to invite you. Um, this is episode 180. I don't know when it's going to fall, but eventually we're getting 200. And it is my wish to get all of my lady co-hosts back for that episode. <laughs> so I would love for you to come as well as share. She's a part of it as well um, to uh, be on my 200th episode. So that's my goal. I don't know when it's going to fall on. Uh, with actual day, but um, when it comes up, you know, I'll I'll try to make sure everybody can. Um, it'll be at a time when everybody can uh, join in, so that'll be good. I don't even know what it's going to be about, but we'll figure it out. And that's fantastic! What an achievement like that! Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. A lot of people don't know this. This show initially was a game show. It was going to be a game show. It was going to be the guys and the girls, and it was going to be like kind of like. Um, family feud where we would have had all these pre things done and they were going to have to guess. And at the end, the guys or the girls would be the winner, like that kind of thing. And then I just, ne I never could, at the time it was so much going on. I couldn't, um, the time to just work on it like that. So it just ended up being a panel show. But, um, um, at some point, maybe that, maybe I'll do that for that show. Maybe that's when I'll actually put that together. So, but there's a, there's a show that I really want to do is um what men and women really know about each other because i feel like you know i've you know i'm 44 years old I'll be 45 i've been involved with women since 12 you know <laughs> i had my first girlfriend at 12 and to be honest oh, with you the visual i'm trying to imagine little kid <laughs> oh, oh my god it, now when i think about it i was a mess but uh, i actually want to go back and apologize to her because, uh, <laughs> you know, I was all full of hormones. But, um, but you know, a lot of us guys really don't know a lot about women. Uh, like, that we think we do. I'm talking about just the day-to-day -day what women go through. The different procedures that women go have to go through. And that kind of thing. And, um, and sometimes when guys get a daughter, they start kind of peeking behind the curtain a little bit, you know, because now they have a daughter. But still, even then, we don't really know a lot. And then there's things that women um, don't really know about us as well as, you know, that we think. That we think is common knowledge that is really not as common as you think. So I want to do a show kind of about that. I will say it is twofold. Um, you know, I will speak up on behalf of my fellow females any time of the day. Uh, the reason many of us may not uh, uh, or may, may come off a certain way is because 
we're ambitious, we're go-getters, we're moms, we're caretakers, we're, you know, we, as especially as black women, uh, have all of these hats that we're wearing, and then on top of it, we're carrying some hats that belong to other people too. Uh, sometimes we're in, we get, it's easy for us to get in this mode, like, I ain't got time for that, sweetheart, keep up, keep up, keep up, keep up, just, just watch what I do. Listen to what I say, you'll be all right. If you miss any of that, I, I mean, I got to keep it moving. Because <laughs> to sit there and, you know, sometimes the uh, the presence of mind to sit down and realize, okay, somebody is really trying to understand, but especially if it's our, our men that are trying to understand us, you know, not a lot of people teach our men how to reach out for help and mm -hmm. you know, I didn't start caring until I got into my forties. To be honest with you, I didn't and I'm in a very evolved man. And I didn't really you know, I've been dealing with women since a teenager. You know? So like you know what I always tell young guys is when you get involved with a woman seriously, like understand the cycle her cycle because it'll save your life. <laughs> you know, like you want to, and they'd be like, oh, I don't want to know about that. Just trust me, bro. Yeah. Uh, you want to know, you want to know more about it than her. Okay. <laughs> and then you can involve the young lady later on. Right. She will appreciate you because then she'd be like, oh, wait, how you know about that? Because, you know, especially, you know, a young chick, I don't care what, what race you are, as a young chick, is not the most comfortable thing to come out to your man talking about how my period made me feel the other day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, uh, so being observant, being present, um, those are the two, you know, things that will definitely save you. You better life. know that stuff, bro. That's what I always say. You better know. You better know how long, what goes on, you know, how she want to, cause not everyone, it's not a one size one fits all. You know, some women deal with it completely different than the others. So you want to know the woman you're involved with. You want to know these things. So, you know, but, you know, those are things that come with age. Um, but anyway, so those are some of the things I want to do. Um, so I'm going to start off with you, share. I mean, um, uh, Rasheem, how can we get you in social media and what should we be on the lookout for? Sure. So on Instagram, I am a black academic woman. Uh, sorry, it's black academic underscore woman. On Twitter, I am S. Rashim. Uh, if you want to catch the Counter Narrative Show, uh, the best place right now to catch it live is Facebook. If you go to Facebook and go to my Facebook group, it is The Counter Narrative Show is the name of the group. And you will be able to also see previous shows, engage with the audience. Um, yeah, that's how you catch me. All right, all right. And um, what's the next topic? The next topic is minding her business and it's black women in business. All right. I love it. I love it. All right. Minding her business. All right. So share, how can we get you in social media and what should we be on the lookout for for you? Yes, indeed. Uh, these days uh, I'm quite active streaming on Twitch. Uh, I have three live streams uh, for Dungeons and Dragons games that I do every week. Um, and on, uh, on Twitch, and uh, Twitter, let's see, I have, I have to remember all the platforms I'm on now. Uh, on, tw on Twitter, I am at GamerShare. Always one word. 
uh, on Twitch, uh, Instagram, uh, those two, I am at that gamer share. Uh, and for those uh, that know me from gaming circles, again, I do uh, live streams for Dungeons and Dragons uh, tabletop gaming, um, as well as other um, uh, types of tabletop gaming. And uh, also on Facebook, I am facebook.com slash actress shit. Oh, so you do the actual board game. Uh, yeah, danger. board games, um, but more often it's been, yeah, it's it's virtual tabletop. Oh, virtual, okay. Because mm-hmm. yes. I, I was like, how can you do it? Um, it can you do it, yes. the actual board game on Twitch? Uh, what, what you do, well, anyone can do that via like a Zoom call and such. We happen to, uh, we happen to use World 20, mm-hmm. uh, which is an online virtual environment. Okay. You have maps and things, uh, tokens for your characters and whatnot, and uh, and I'll tell you, it's a, a wonderful improv uh, muscle flex. <laughs> oh, nice! Because I was going to say, you know, I'm, I'm I really love Sorry, so I was going to say, can, can we do Sorry? <laughs> it's totally possible. Totally possible. Yeah. yeah. I, you can get me at Kente F on uh, Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. Of course, the website is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. Next week, we'll be joined by, I know I said this last week, I was uh, I was off base, by uh, Cedric, uh, Cedric and um, Angie of uh, Black Love United. Uh, they will be talking about their program that they do together. And um, it, that should be a great show. And then the following week, uh, we have our last show on Monday, and then we switch on the 24th to uh, on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. So I want to thank everybody. You guys have a beautiful rest of your week, and God bless you. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. On March 19th, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier arrive on Disney+. Plus. The world is upside down. We can't lose this fight, Bucky. If we do this, we're going to do it our own way. Experience the six-episode event. We're partners, co-workers. Not necessarily the team. No. We look damn good. Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Streaming March 19th, exclusively on Disney+.